Can you win championships in college with pitchers that throw less than 95 miles an hour? Of course you can. Let's dig into it. You cannot feel this energy. energy. Is high velo important? Sort of. Um, Velo is one of those things. This is nothing new. This is, I mean, even before I was a kid, pitchers needed enough velocity to overcome the bat speed of hitters when they're hitting locations. It is important. It absolutely is. However, what is much more important than just raw velo is the pitcher's ability to compete on the mound. Now, there's a way that they compete properly on the mound to get outs. I pulled a segment of a podcast I did with Coach Brian Henry, who was the pitching coach at Florida A&M, a Division One uh, university in North Florida, and he won two MEAC championships with guys that did not throw very hard, a lot of sub-90 arms, and they won two MEAC championships. And actually, after he left, Coach Shoup went on to win uh, another championship with guys that didn't throw particularly hard, but they competed on the mound very specifically. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you to that segment of that podcast where I talked to him about it. And at the end, I want you to stick around because I'm going to expand on that and give you advice on exactly what you can do to improve your ability to compete on the mound. Now, please like, subscribe, and ring that notification bell so that YouTube lets you know whenever we post a new video. Right now, let me get you to that uh, segment of the podcast with Coach Henry and I. I was lucky enough to have some guys that, I mean, really competed. Their their stuff may have not been the best, but you couldn't tell them that. Say that one more time. Their stuff. Now, you weren't a light-up-the-radar gun guy. You weren't a high-90s guy. You were a low-90s guy Mm -hmm. who could locate... Really, with three pitches, mm-hmm. as I remember, uh, fastball is going to get just enough on you, yep. and you're going to sink them and slide them, and you're going to ground ball, pitch to contact kind of guy. So those are the guys that you had at FAM. They're not going to light up the radar gun. They're not going to go high on spin rate or anything like that, but they're going to get after it. Yep. No, you had straight dogs. Down. We did. We had some dogs and um, had some sprinkled in some some trickery, too, with a couple sidearm guys. And, I mean, we, we you know, that was our goal is to just give somebody different looks the entire game and um, you know we played to the pitcher's strength rather than you know the hitter's weakness I didn't want to I didn't want to change what my guy was good at just because this guy couldn't hit a curveball mm-hmm. you know if, if my guy's curveball is his third best pitch I'm not going to just flip that in there I mean we were we attacked with our guy's strengths and right. a lot of that strength that they had was they just thought they were better than the hitter and they went after guys I tell you mindset I'd sat down with one of certainly my favorite guy on the planet mentor Jeff Hogan whom you've known since you were a baby and stuff and and uh, it uh, it sometimes you can plant a little placebo here and there and you're a little better than you think you are kind of thing or whatever but it's really all about getting them to perform as needed, you know, <laughs> don't worry about your stuff. You're going to get them on the, you know, oh, yeah. and uh, that's really, that goes, that's really the, the bulk of coaching. Right. I mean, lots of guys can throw hard. Lots of guys can spend stuff like that. Can you win? 
You heard Coach Henry talk about the fact that he wasn't a particularly hard-throwing guy, even though he wasn't All-American at FSU and he was ACC Pitcher of the Year and he was a 12th-round draft pick. Um, and I've known him since he was a kid, and he was not. He was a 92-ish guy with a little sink and had a pretty good curveball and a pretty good changeup, but his quiet assassin demeanor on the hill got a lot of ground balls and a lot of fly balls in some very competitive games and competitive counts. He is a dog. He's a very monotone kind of guy. You wouldn't really know it from uh, his demeanor, but he is an absolute competitor and he's a get after a guy. And that's what he had at Florida A&M. You couldn't tell the guys they didn't throw hard. They didn't care. They wanted to compete and they wanted to win. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you a couple of takeaways that'll help you raise your level, raise your ability, raise your game to where you can compete and win on the mound a little bit more easily. Um, first, I'm going to give you the, a do and a don't. Actually, I'm going to do it the other way around. I'm going to give you a don't, and then I'm going to give you a do. Here's the don't. Don't compete against sabermetric numbers. Let me say it again. Don't compete against sabermetric numbers. They are just a measurement tool. That's it. Sabermetrics meaning spin rate and velocity. Uh, you know, 92. I need to throw 94. I need to. Don't make that the goal. Those are just measurement numbers. That's like doing a bench press test. That way I know what my bench press max is and I know how to train differently if I'm not meeting the needs of my strength building. They are important numbers, don't get me wrong, but when you're pitching, you can't think about how hard you're throwing. I hit 95 on that. I great. Don't don't do that. That's a that's a way to really get in trouble. Also, you don't really want to practice that way either. And that's where the guys get messed up. That's where the lower level guys get messed up where they're practicing to hit spin rate. They're practicing to hit a certain velo number. What I want you to do instead of that, is work on your mastery, your benchmark mastery. Now, this is a number that has been around in baseball for decades, and pro guys know this number very well. It's 60%. 60% is the lowest benchmark of mastery for any particular pitch. What that means is this. If you're throwing a bullpen and you can't throw your fastball on the outside corner at least 60% of the time consistently for a strike, you have a problem. That's not going to get it done because that 60% number, when you take that to the game, if, if it's below that, you're behind in the count too often. And pitchers that rely on being behind or that render themselves behind in the count too often get the brakes beat off of them. If you are not throwing your slider, your secondary pitch, your curveball, your, or your slider at a base of 60% or better for location for a strike, you've got a problem with that pitch. And again, this is the number that's been around for years and years and years and years and years. 60% or better. Now, I'm going to refine that for you just a little bit more. Pitchers, especially that are POs, that are pitchers only, when you get to practice, you've got your practice laid out. And good programs will have the practice laid out in a practice plan. And maybe it's a, 
it's a uh, throw and catch day only with a lot of cardio. Maybe it's a soft toss or it's a, a bullpen day where you're doing a short box or doing simulations, long pens. Maybe you are doing only your flat ground work. Take that 60% number of benchmark minimum accuracy, for lack of a better word, and use that in everything that you do in practice. Every time you pick up a baseball, you need to throw it at a rate of 60% or better. Start counting. So if we're just playing catch, getting your arm loose, you need to hit me in my chest between my shoulders at least 60% of the time. When you go to long toss, when you're long tossing, you need to be able to throw the, the ball in a long toss fashion between the hips and the high head. 60% of the time or better. When you're in your flat ground work and your breaking ball drills, it's 60% or better. When you're doing your simulated bullpens or your long, it's 60% or better. Here's why you want to do that every day in everything you do. Because all of it compounds. It stacks. Everything builds off of what you did previous. So when you go to the mound, that carries forward. If you don't do it that way, if you go through the motions in your short box, if you go through your motions in throw and catch, and if you just go through your motions in long toss, and you're throwing the ball all over the place and expect to go 60% or better on the mound, it's not going to happen. Especially the higher you go, you're going to get your butt kicked, especially against good hitters. And good hitters, again, they're going to be the brakes off you if you're behind the count too much. So everything that you do, pitchers, from the time you pick up a baseball going into practice, Set the low benchmark at 60% or better to hit your spots, and I bet you'll end up doing great. Use the link in the description to check out the full podcast I did with Coach Henry. And remember to leave your questions in the comment section so I can be sure to ask them on my second interview with him. One last thing. Be sure to check out luposbaseball.com. That's my brand new website. On that website, you will be able to check out all the resources that we have to help you take your game to the next level. I write a blog. I've got a book out. There are free courses, including an IHP course, which is an individual hitting process that will help you take your hitting to the next level. I put a link in the description below that will take you to luposbaseball.com where you can check out all of those awesome resources. And maybe one day you'll make one of our highlight reels. We'll see you on the field. You cannot feel this energy. energy. energy.